Hey there, Rantineers and fellow film lovers. It's your host, Brennan McGee here. If you like our show, you can support us now on Patreon at patreon.com slash therealrant. And in all honesty, whatever you find between those couch cushions helps us out greatly. All right, on to the new episode. Hello, and welcome to another episode of The Real Rant, the place where we like to rant about the real stuff. My name is Brendan McGee, and sitting across from me, as always, is the illustrious sexy boy. Who are you, dude? Corey McQuaylude. All right. <laughs> hey. How's it doing, Corey? Uh, pretty good. How's it doing, Brendan? <laughs> I meant to say going, but yeah, you know. Well, you know. So why Quaylude this week? I don't know. It's just <laughs> the first thing that popped in my head. To be honest, I wasn't uh, really organized slash prepared for my name. Yeah. So I kind of forgot that I had to do it. And then we started recording, and that's the first thing I came up with. So uh, you're, 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 That excuse is getting quite old. Well, so am I. So, <laughs> well, you're only 25. I, I, it's a quarter I, life crisis. Yeah, I got back problems. <laughs> Was that why you're sitting on a stool instead of a chair like me? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, it sure is. So it's been a bit since we've recorded, actually. Yeah, for well, for the fans out there, it hasn't. It feels like we've been at home doing our thing. Yeah, but it, it feels. Been, sorry, no. Uh, <laughs> Go yeah. ahead, my sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, you've been on a magical adventure for the past month or so pretty much yeah for the first two weeks i was gone completely mm-hmm. and you were at home manning the fort mm-hmm. uh taking care of the doggo yep and i was away and then i came back and i said cory i'm going for another week <laughs> cory like you go what yeah oh what <laughs> and i was like yeah man we've talked about this i'm pretty good you're gonna be gone for all of august but yeah. in and out like i i've been in and out of home i went to seattle for about three four days um after i got back from the uk with carmen my girlfriend mm. and then we went to vancouver for about two days mm. uh it was technically three with travel so mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. uh yeah no it was all pretty good it was a lot quicker this time and i yeah. feel like the summer just kind of flashed before my eyes a little bit how about you yeah I, I feel the same um you were saying it the other day we were out for drinks with my mom coincidentally enough yeah i don't know why that's a coincidence i don't know but <laughs> sure yeah we were out uh having a few beverages and all of a sudden it's september what third now yeah Yeah. well it'll be third yeah it'll be third by 12 in two hours yeah it's about 10 o'clock it's 10 o'clock right now so my god p.m i don't even know what day it is yeah (laughs) um but yeah the the summertime just flew by uh your vacation time flew by everything's flying by yeah it's like our lives birds flying by yeah hey guy <laughs> i don't know it's it was just uh it was too short i think i think next year i'm gonna try and be a little bit more present and actually like enjoy hmm. what's going on around me rather than just focusing on that vacation because i realized by the time i got to august i was like oh my gosh my summer is pretty much over now and the only thing i've been doing is like you know just spending a lot of my time just kind of focusing on all right, what's the next thing I got to do, right? Mm. Just so I can go on vacation. But I don't know. I think uh, I think you live and you learn, right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. But uh, is there anything else we want to talk about other than that? I mean, this is, I guess this is the first time in a really long time that you and I have actually sat down and done an episode, just you one-on-one. Yeah, I think the last time we did this was Burn After Reading. Burn After Reading, yeah. yeah and it was, was right when we got the new microphones. That's right, yeah. And we sounded all jazzy and whatnot so uh-huh, uh-huh. but this is kind of an experiment a little yeah. bit <laughs> i don't know because i feel like we're running out of friends 
Yeah, very quickly. <laughs> we're having we're we're having a bit of a struggle trying to find somebody to come on for next week. But well, it's, uh, it's quite embarrassing for me because I've had one person on and I'm already out of friends. <laughs> so this is not good. Well, I've asked you to have your mom on a couple times. You got to have that on sometime. Oh yeah, yeah. You got mommy. You got uh, my sister. Yeah, but, but they're getting she, married. So yeah, I was gonna say she won't be available for a while. They're getting married uh, on Saturday. Yeah, this coming Saturday yeah. for those listeners. Uh, it'll basically be. Yeah, that's Saturday after this episode's. Yeah, so shout out to my sister and Christian. Yeah, tying the Eowyn the and knot. Christian. Yes, quite. <laughs> Eowyn, uh, Lord of the Rings name. Yeah, and yeah. Christian, a religious name. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, that's that's good discussion. Can we roll into the plugs? Yes. Okay. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Brendan underscore McGee. That is B R E A N D A N underscore M C G H E E. Thanks, Mom and Dad. And Corey, where can they find you? They can also find me on Twitter at Corey McEwen one Because you number one, boy. Boy. If you want to follow the show, you can follow us at The Real Rant Pod as well on Twitter. And if you are a fan, a filmmaker, or a creator, go ahead and get in touch with us because we'd love to hear from you. Especially if you are a filmmaker or a creator out there because, hey, we are on the search uh, right now looking for new people to feature on our episodes, directors, actors, producers, all those types um, to have on our show and uh, kind of get into the discussion of film as an art form and, and talk about your projects and things like that. But again, that's not downplowing at all uh, you as a fan. If you want to get in touch with us, go ahead and do that. Please do. Yeah. <laughs> we love hearing from you. I actually, over the last couple of weeks, I've actually heard some really nice um, feedback from some people and we're getting nice reviews and stuff like that on mm. iTunes. So that's pretty nice. Yeah. You can also get in touch with us at our Gmail account at therealrantpodcast at gmail.com. Send us something nice, mean, or in between. It's all juicy, just the same. And again, yeah, pretty much everything I just said about Twitter, you can do the exact same thing with our Gmail mm-hmm. if you are a fan, filmmaker, or creator. If you want to follow the show on Instagram, you can follow us on the Real Rant, all one word, no spaces. And you can see behind-the-scenes photos of what's going on in our lives when we're in front of a microphone and we're not. And when we're not. Is yeah. That, is that right? That's very correct. Yeah. And we, uh, I would love it if you guys liked my picture more than Brendan, because <laughs> right now he's winning. We have a kind of a going competition mm-hmm. with uh, the Real Rant crew and everybody who's involved. Uh, who can, If someone's featured on the Real Rant Instagram <laughs> page, uh, somebody... If you if you have a singular picture of just you, mm. uh, and you get a certain amount of likes, then you know you're just you're just killing it. Yeah, but right now I'm I'm sitting at a record of 145 on my Rick and Morty picture. Good lord! Where I was trying to imitate a Dan Harmon during a workout session. I would also like to uh, take credit for that shirt because I got that for you. <laughs> so yeah. I'll take two of those likes. It's a good it's a good shirt. Uh, and then Corey, you're sitting at 125 right now. Oh really? Yeah. Well, oh, okay. you you've got one with you holding the H5N. Oh, yeah, which is a very strange one because it's not really that great. <laughs> it's <laughs> but, not very good, but no. people loved it. Hey. Uh, and then there's another one of you that actually um, I've I, I've come to understand that it looks a lot like uh, it, it looks a lot like you're a wolf on top of a mountain. <laughs> yeah. And it's you kind of like bare chested, kind of like howling at the a sun. A wolf bare chested. <laughs> it's pretty great. It's yeah. pretty great. But anyways, and if you're feeling real jazzy, you can give us a five star review on whatever listening platform you're listening to us on right now. Because it helps out the show a lot, believe it or not. That rhymed, actually. Yeah, well done. (laughs) Um, And you can hit that subscribe button because we'd love to have you back and listen to us every single day of the week, unless we say otherwise. (laughs) I mean, mean, we usually release... I think we've missed like two weeks in the whole almost a year now that we've been on. I think so, yeah. Yeah, because one day I got sick and then another day I think I was just completely 
overwhelmed with school. So yeah, but uh, it happens. Yeah, that's. Uh, I think that's pretty much it, isn't it? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And for next week's episode, we'll be discussing the Taika Waititi film Hunt for the Wilder People. So stay tuned for that. Hey, Corey, guess what time it is? Oh, what time is it, Brendan? It's time for the film of the week. Uh-huh. The film of the week. Uh-huh. The film of the week. Uh-huh. Give me the magic sword. Okay. The film of the week this week is The Last Samurai, starring Tom Cruise and Ken Watanabe. Yes. Um, so our show is kind of built off of hearing perspectives of other people who love film and and talking about it and and kind of embracing that individualism that we all have and kind of bringing us closer together through the discussion of film. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, uh, this week we don't have a guest. <laughs> <laughs> no. So you're just going to have to listen to us give our perspectives. Um, this is kind of OG podcast, so, you know, we've, we've kind of uh, taken away the element of the extra perspective and just kind of replaced it with just me and Corey this week. Yeah. So, well, hope, but next week we'll have a guest. So, so yes, the film of the week this week is The Last Samurai. Mm-hmm. Who picked this film? Because you, like I said, like usually we have a guest on, and the guest picks the film, and then mm-hmm. we talk about that film and why it's close and blah blah blah. But like, why did we pick th- this film? Like, do you remember? I think you got me to pick a film. Yeah, I got yeah. you to pick a film. Yeah, because you said because um, it's probably we- just going to be you and I yeah, yeah. picking a film. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I chose this one because it's it's a good one. I, I I think I think in a way we're kind of adding an extra perspective in here, just a little mm-hmm. bit. We'll 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 kind of throw in a couple of mentions to our buddy of our our buddy um out in the uk Mm -hmm. uh, nick hodges history buffs um if you haven't heard of him check him out on youtube at history buffs he basically takes a look at film from a historical perspective and really breaks it down and man does he do a really great job yeah and he did one on um on this film uh the last samurai Mm-hmm. And uh, I actually, I went and actually, I got to go and hang out with him in the UK when I went on my trip. Uh, yep. We had a great time. The man is an absolute gentleman. Hmm. He bought me a drink or two, oh. and we had a really nice time. We went out for Chinese food, and yeah, it was really, it was really great. Actually, I had a lot of fun. He's he's an amazing guy, and he, I love what he's doing. And and uh, everyone, check out his work; it's great. But um. Yeah, no, this, I, I talked about asking him if whether or not we could, you know, mention him on the show. He was like, yeah, totally cool. Not a big deal. Oh, great. Because I wanted to use his historical kind of like look mm-hmm. and his work that he put into uh, into discussing this film kind of as a backdrop a little bit for us to be able to kind of talk about it. Because Nick puts so much work into his, into his show and yeah. we do sometimes, <laughs> but... Not to the the element that he has with his yeah. his show. So, and what I think is really good about his stuff is, um, like he goes, like you say, he goes very in depth and criticizes and also compliments the movie. Oh yeah, in such a way that it doesn't really detract your enjoyment of the film. Oh, for sure. Like, yeah. like I we watched this, and I'm gonna say right off the bat, I liked watching it. I own the movie, obviously. Well, and what then, do you mean his review? Or are you talking about the film? Oh, sorry, the actual movie. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. And then watching his review, uh, obviously there's some stuff that weren't wasn't quite historically accurate yeah. but doesn't detract my enjoyment of it at all. I think the thing about him that I really like too is the fact that he'll do this thing where he'll say like you know this character can probably be loosely attributed to this individual during this time period mm-hmm. in this film but again like you know we don't really know where the writer's minds were at or yeah. whatever. Um I mean sometimes he does when he talks about it but yeah again check out his stuff but yeah. we're going to kind of I guess to add that perspective that is missing this week with our usual guests, we'll we'll kind of throw in a couple of uh, mentions to Nick's um, 
uh, piece on The Last Samurai as well. Mm-hmm. As we always like to do, we like to ask, I guess, yeah, well, why do you pick this film? And Corey, you said that we picked it. But I guess then I want to kind of follow up with, you know, do you remember this film kind of coming out when it first came out? Like, what were your thoughts and stuff like that? Because I remember exactly. I could, oh, really? I could tell you some really weird stories about this film when it first came out. But I want to ask you first. Oh, sure. I don't really remember it when it came out. You know, throughout the years, my family and I have had kind of a... a fairly wide selection of staple movies that we kind of like to watch together. Yeah, yeah. And it's in that grouping. Films like, you know, Braveheart, Troy, those kind of like epic war movies or whatever. So they're kind of like all historical films. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we <laughs> do like... pretty interesting. Yeah, we like to sit down and watch our, like, you know, Satan Private Ryan and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so that's one that, you know, I've seen throughout the years. Yeah. And have enjoyed every time. So, so they're all really good movies, too. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. 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 For me, um, I remember, because this film came out in 2003... Mm-hmm. So I was in grade three. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, and I remember seeing a trailer for this right before school. And I remember not wanting to forget the name because I was just always like I was a hyper kid. Yeah. And I remember always like forgetting things a lot. And and I remember not wanting to forget the name of this film because I knew that I would forget about it. And then when it came out on DVD, I would like for, you know, because I it was rated R when it came out. Sure. and I wasn't going to be able to go see it in theaters, but I was like, I was like, OK, well, I remember it. So when it comes out in six months, I can watch it in the th- in at home because mm-hmm. my parents for some reason wouldn't take me to rated our films but they let me rent them from the dvd store. yeah same thing like <laughs> like when i was ver- i remember when i was very little um i was allowed to watch saving private ryan yeah and that was because it was you know historically significant yeah and that was one of the reasons why yeah but yeah I, like i was like eight or nine years old <laughs> so, like i probably shouldn't have been watching it yeah, but, yeah. yeah. i was in the same boat too yeah yeah, yeah. but i remember wanting to not forget it so i came up with this song where it was like <laughs> Where it was like, I want to see The Last Samurai. I want to see The Last Samurai. And that's what it was. It was just like the dumbest thing you could ever think of. That's great. It was just me being a stupid little kid. I remember being on my bike, like biking to school. I was like, I want to see The Last Samurai. And it was just that over and over again. And I don't think I've actually told anyone about that before. But it is humiliating to think about it now. Because I I remember saying it over and over and over and over and over again. Yeah. And thinking about, oh my God, that movie's going to be so great and blah, blah, blah. But uh, it wasn't until I think right around the time of when I got to the sixth grade where I actually really appreciated the film. Because mm-hmm. in the sixth grade, we spent about, I spent half a year, I think. Maybe, I mean, time goes so much slower when you're a kid. Yeah. Because you're always waiting for everything great to happen mm. <laughs> until you're older. But I remember spending like four to six months studying japan in my in my class in my um my really? social studies class yeah yeah and really coming to understand the samurai mm. i mean from an outsider's perspective like i was just like the samurai are, are just super cool and badass sure yeah you know what i mean and um i think this film does a really good job of you know in a way portraying the life and the honor and the I don't know the um what's the word that uh like the the delicate nature and commitments mm-hmm. and obedience to a society yeah, the and discipline a, and yeah the law what is the law called I can't oh remember. bushido bushido yeah yeah the law of the samurai is that what it is yep I yeah so. so I don't know I think that's right around the time where I was just kind of like yeah you know what this this movie is like a lot cooler than I thought it was because now I've got that whole aspect of japan that i already kind of know about Mm -hmm. stuff like that but um before we get any further talking about the film and and things like that let's uh throw it over to tom with the synopsis 
Hey, how's it going everyone? It's Tom Rombus here. I'm not here to cause a ruckus, but I am here to read a synopsis. Alright, here we go. In the 1870s, Japan is at war with itself. An influx of Western influence threatens to destroy the long-practiced traditions of Japan. When Captain Nathan Aldrin is called to train the Imperial forces in order to eradicate the Rebel Samurai Rebellion, his life takes a sudden and drastic turn. After being captured by the Samurai, after a humiliating defeat, Captain Aldrin is forced to live amongst the Samurai. During his six-month captivity, he slowly starts to respect and care for these people, and eventually becomes one of. The Last Samurai Alright, thanks Tom. So... I've kind of started to do this a couple of times when we need to talk about films, but I mean, it's obviously like the first thing that we, the first thing that you see when you, when you see this film is the mm. title of the film, The Last Samurai. Mm. And I kind of want to know, like, what are your thoughts on the title? Like, what was your initial thoughts? Like, oh, like knowing the trailer and things like that. I don't know if you can remember back before you saw this movie for the first time, were you thinking it was going to be like kind of one of those like white knight kind of like white man comes in and saves the samurai kind of situation? Yeah, it's definitely what it seems like. Um, Obviously, Tom Cruise is the the top build star here. Yeah, it seems like a bit of a um, dances with wolves type thing. Yeah, that's what Nick said in yeah. his in his conversation. He yeah. was like, he said something about you got to be completely ignorant to not see <laughs> yeah. the connections here. But yeah, that's right. But um, yeah, no, I I I definitely felt that way too. And I mm-hmm. think I think more recent years, I've kind of touched back onto the title of this film and kind of been like. Before I had actually watched it again, like for this time and watching Nick's review um, and considering the title with more in depth, but like referring to kind of we live in a time where everything is very like um, if a white actor gets cast in in a traditional like, um, uh, say, Asian role, I guess, you know, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, that's like a big taboo nowadays. Like it's not a big deal. But back in the day, it was happening all the time. Right. Like, you know, so. Or it was like the white savior complex, you know mm. what I mean? Um, where the white white man comes in and he saves the world because he's white. Before watching this again for this discussion about the film, I was definitely in that park where I was like, this movie is just kind of like white guy comes in, saves the day. Mm-hmm. Um, but watching it again, I d- and again, referencing Nick, uh, thinking about, you know, what it actually meant it's the last the last samurai i came to understand isn't referring to tom cruise mm-hmm. even though he's kind of like the last one that it's kind of it's an element of samurai isn't uh because nick told me Sam- samurai isn't uh singular it's, a, it's not singular it's, it's plural. plural yeah um and when we were talking when i when i saw him in the uk i was telling him that we we're going to do last samurai and I, and I was talking to him about how i was kind of frustrated um that the film's name is the last samurai and it's kind of attributed to uh tom cruise because he's kind of become a samurai or whatever mm. yeah, yeah and he's like no no no, no. like samurai is a plural yeah. term yeah you know what i mean like jedi if you exactly will. like yeah. jedi yeah. so it's not even referring to him and it's referring to i guess 
just the elements of samurai, the samurai warrior of mm-hmm. of an era coming to an end, yeah, essentially. And I don't know. I think watching it again, I was just like I was a lot more at peace with the title. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know. What do you, any, do you have any more? Yeah, thoughts? for sure. Just kind of touching back on that white savior thing, where yeah. the really nice thing about this film is, you know, Tom Cruise is not going into um, the samurai's life and saving them, but he gets thrown into their life and they kind of save him. Yeah. Because he's in a really dark spot with, obviously, the things he, he's done in his past and exactly. his alcoholism and stuff. Yeah, And yeah. he kind of, um, you know, absorbs their culture and grows to respect them. And through that, he kind of gets saved himself. Yeah. Yeah. So he uses the the obedience mm-hmm. of, or the, the commitments, the honor of, I guess, the way of the samurai to kind of figure out his own worth and how to face his demons in a better way. Yeah. Because this guy, Tom Cruise's character, Nathan Algren is his character's name. Yeah. Um, and the cool thing about, I guess not the cool thing, but the, the interesting thing about his character is he is a tortured soul. Like, he doesn't mm-hmm. have anywhere to go. Um, because he, I mean, he's a drunk when we find him at the beginning of the film, right? And he has real no pur- really no purpose. He's He really questions his own... Um, his own choices in life yeah. to a point where he just wants to die pretty much. Yeah. And, uh, and all of this has to do with the fact of his involvement with the treatment of the native Americans, mm-hmm. uh, that, you know, the white imperialist society had on this, this ancient culture. Right. Yeah. And, and his involvement with killing tribe members and, and nations and mm-hmm. kind of like the mistreatment basically of these people. Yeah. And then, and then when he's kind of brought into another incident, instance where he has to kind of face those demons again because, yet again, his world is kind of brought forth in the same way where he's told and hired to work as someone to eradicate another kind of rebellious um, uh, uh, tribe, I mm-hmm. guess you could call them. Like in the yeah. film, his quote in the film, uh, he says... I've been hired yet again to suppress the rebellion of another tribal leader. And when he says that, he says that he, he's narrating this. A lot of this movie is his narration, which is really cool. And we'll touch mm-hmm. on it in a second. Yep. Um, but when he says that, it, it's kind of like, yeah, this guy's pretty much his whole life has just been kind of a, uh, as Nick had put it in his, um, in his words, it was kind of a bit of a deja vu yep. a bit um, yep. where it was kind of like, yeah, we're at this again. Like, what is my purpose? What is my purpose in life? Is my purpose in life to constantly basically act as a soldier, fall in line, and eradicate those that stand up against imperialism. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Where, where, is the, where is the loyalty in that? Like, why is it that my ways are the ways that everyone needs to live by? Right? And I, and I think that's something that, I, that we in the world today are still dealing with. Like, oh, yeah. like we're dealing with a lot of um, censorship culture, and uh, we're dealing with... Um, you can say that or you can't say this or or everything has context. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? And I, I'm not going to make a stance or give an opinion on any of it really, but I'm, I'm just kind of, I'm pointing to the parallels that, that, you know, we're having in our society now where it's like times are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way they are changing a lot faster. And this has to do with the internet and things like that. And, and, um, and this is something that the, the, the samurai had to deal with, mm-hmm. with, um, uh, uh, pre-imperial japan um where um nick said it was like 300 years 
Yeah, 300 years of of technology condensed into 20 years. Yeah, that was brought upon the Japanese people, right? And I guess, yeah, I guess in a parallel world, it's just like, that's culture. Mm -hmm. You're influencing a culture in such a rapid pace. It's like, it's very understandable for people to not feel like they can keep up Mm -hmm. to a point where they feel like, you know, they're feeling obsolete, where their ways aren't respected. Yeah. and 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 imagine how that is for a peop an, an entire group of people where their whole lives are predicated upon um you know serving their country their soul their heart of their country in a very um uh, honorable way but when you're told you know you can't do that anymore this these sorts of ways are not correct it's like yeah you're gonna feel displaced you yeah. know what I mean you're and gonna it, feel angry mm-hmm. and especially because as Nick mentioned it was they had um uh like demographic isolation from the rest of the world and they really didn't have any issues yeah there was like i think 200 years or something uh, two, like that. two or three hundred years of Just isolation no. from the rest of the world and then it became and again we're <laughs> keep on referencing that yeah we will post a uh in the show notes we're going to post a link to mm-hmm. his video and it, it may or may not help you when we're talking about this film because i'm not going to take credit for all the research this great individual put into into his discussion of this mm-hmm. film but it is again a great context um but yeah he, he said something like there was like 200 years or something like that where it was complete peace and i got to a point where the samurai um uh really didn't have a whole lot of place in that in that world yeah because there was no wars because there was no wars yeah. for the samurai to fight well yeah I, I don't know it's an interesting parallel that we can kind of bring it to the real world now and see kind of like how how we're kind of struggling as a society to kind of deal with you know, such quick, fast changing times because, and I, I wonder, I guess I could ask the question, do you think that like this has always been happening in our site? Cause you're, you're the type of person that whenever I kind of bring up a discussion about this, where I'm like, uh, you know, I remember us sitting out in the grass one day and we were talking about kind of like how the world changes a lot. Mm-hmm. And you said something like, well, the world is constantly always changing. It's just now we live in a world where it's broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. I think we were, we were kind of talking about how, you know, there's a lot of bad things happening in the world and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. Where no, it's it's always been happening. It's just like it's but, harder to hide it. Yeah, exactly. Because you can you can literally go on the internet and find anything about any subject at any time. Yeah. So We've got there, Star Trek in the palm of our hands now with these exactly. IPhones. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it's you know the world has always been you know upgrading itself in various different ways. Yeah. Faster now, obviously, because the technology is there and the mm-hmm. you know people are getting smarter. I think so. Is that a good parallel to make? Yeah, about this film and like changing times and oh, things yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah, for sure. That's what this whole thing is about. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's kind of rough to think about, but yeah, I don't know. Let us know what you think, listeners. Heck we don't, yeah. We don't. We don't usually give shout outs to listeners and stuff <laughs> like that, but. I don't know. Let us know. I mean, we we know that a lot of this information that we're kind of saying is like we're kind of pretending like Nick is in the room with us mm-hmm. because if he was here, he would be saying all these things because, oh, sure. you know, he had his own video on it. But we feel like you're here, Nick. Yeah. Nick, if you're listening, we love you, buddy. <laughs> yeah. So one thing I want to kind of touch on here is um, at the beginning of the film, um, Ken... Watanabe is that? Yeah, Ken yeah. Watanabe. Yeah, Ken Watanabe's character uh, narrates. It's some, what's his name? Uh, Katsumoto. Katsumoto. Yeah, Katsumoto. Yeah. Uh, he narrates something along the lines of, you know, in Japanese belief, it's it's always said that a warrior's soul is etched in his sword. Yeah, and uh, for Tom Cruise's character, which whose name I can't remember again, um, it's Nathan. Nathan. Algren. Nathan Algren. Yeah. 
So for Nathan Algren, obviously, as he's going throughout this film, he's doing a bunch of soul searching. Yeah. Uh, based on his past, he has a very tortured past, and he you see that through the alcoholism and whatnot. Um, and I, yeah, the one thing I noticed was kind of as he goes through those training sessions he goes through about two or three training sessions and each one he progressively as he lives with the samurai yeah he visually becomes more um like his clothing style changes to become more samurai like and um at the very end he gets an actual sword with samurai armor and whatnot and i like the just the kind of parallel of um him trying to kind of um finding his soul yeah and then at the end he gets that sword which is him actually like Getting his soul back yeah. and like almost like a bit of a rebirth. Exactly, and mm-hmm. and I mean you can you could draw in a metaphor here and kind of like talking about those 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 you know fights or whatever those little training sessions that he has and kind of his first training session is with uh, the little boy. Yes, that's yeah. right. And it's with the wooden swords, mm-hmm. the little baby wooden swords, and then yeah. and then it kind of the swords get bigger and then he fights a little bit more, um, and then the swords become actual swords. Yes, and then when he finally gets his actual sword. It has the written words on the sword, mm-hmm. and I feel like that's the moment when he finds his soul. Yeah, exactly. And I and I think you talking about soul and referencing that, and 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 talking about um, finding finding a soul. I think that it's interesting to kind of look at um, kind of kind of seeing how he lost his soul mm-hmm. or the soul that he felt like was in part attached to his nation, his. Yeah. His his homeland, his, the United States of America, was lost there mm-hmm. um, when he tried to eradicate uh, a whole nation of people. Yeah. Um, and then when he's got to do it again, he's like, "God damn it! Like, I've already lost my soul once. What? You know, mm-hmm. I have to do it again." Do you know what I mean? And he's just he's just he's just begging to be killed. Yeah. There was like four or five incidents where he was just like the part where um, Hiro Yuki Sat- Sanada. I think is his name. Mm-hmm. He plays the character of Yujio. Okay. Yujio. He's the guy that doesn't really kind of approve of mm-hmm. of Tom Cruise. I mean, everyone, if you've seen the film, you'd know who we're kind of talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, there's that part where Yuji, you know, comes at him with the sword and he just kind of sits there like, you mm-hmm. know, I want to die. Yeah. You know, and then there's the part where uh, he's asking, he's kind of demonstrating to, you know, the imperialist, you know, Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, army guys mm-hmm. back when he's training them to kind of like get him to get shot. Yeah, he's like shoot me, and yeah. he and he knows that he's not going to get shot. But if he does, he's not really doesn't care that much, right? Yeah. And it's just like w- when he finds his soul again, you kind of see it in his face. Yeah. And it's not even it's not even after because he's very cynical of like his surroundings in the beginning. Like he's being kind of a he's kind of being an ass. Like yeah, he's for calling. Sure. He's calling the um his guide or his his whatever. guide like Bob like yeah. really kind of like mean <laughs> like just like not taking his his the person that is kind of guiding him or or shadowing him seriously and he's kind of seeing it as a joke and then obviously like as time moves on he begins to respect him and then I don't remember <laughs> I don't know the act of the character's real name but Bob actually dies saving his life. Oh god. <laughs> and and it's so sad. Yeah, we were we were screaming. I was just like I I remember the part where cuz I was like something bad's going to happen, something bad's going to happen cuz I haven't seen this film in years. Yeah. And I was like something bad's going to happen. Sure shit, you know, Bob eats it. He gets <sighs> shot and it was just so rough. Yeah. So and then I guess taking that discussion that you're saying about soul mm-hmm. and kind of relating that 
um, back to Japan as yep. a whole, you know, and this this changing times. Uh, Nick, Nick kind of refers to this a little bit um, in his in his show again, um, where he kind of talks about the the you know the the element where you know you've got these two opposing sides, the imperial and the feudal Japan, mm-hmm. fighting for the soul of Japan. Yeah, and that to think about it in those two elements, those two elements there, it's just like you, you're you've got two time periods that mm-hmm. are met at the same point in time. Yeah. And they're fighting against each other. Like that that I mean, as stupid as this sounds, it almost sounds like like if I could picture those two time periods meeting, it's just so baffling to me. Mm-hmm. Where you have it's a like, samurai that have been around for a thousand years. Yeah. And you've got guns that have only been around for probably, you know, three hundred or something, maybe yeah. less than that, um, years coming at each other in one instance in mm-hmm. history. Yeah, it's like a very unbalanced game of Age of Empires. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but uh, Age of Empires is a PC game. Everyone should have played it when we were kids. <laughs> um, but yeah, there's a bit of that. But it, it, I think I'm I'm trying to get at the the element of like for me, it's going to sound silly. The the fact that if you look at these two time periods meeting, it's mm-hmm. it's for me, it, it's almost like um, say. Like, if we were going to take it in a different context, you could have... I mean, I guess the Native Americans fighting the... the yeah. The, the Americans, you know, the 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 Americans. Yeah. Or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that, that element of the feudal and the imperialist matching, or not feudal. I don't know what you'd call the Native Americans. The ancient culture. Yeah. The, the, the ancient culture of the yeah, land, the yeah. nature, and, yeah. and then meeting with this new heavy force, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess you could you could match it again, I think, would be really good. The way I kind of saw it when Nick was talking about it in his review, and then I was relating it back to the film, I was kind of thinking about, okay, well, um, let's, let's look at, you know, uh, gosh, how can I think about it? Like... Like, if the Roman centurions were still around mm. fighting, say, 17th century, you know, muskets. Yeah. Do you well, know what I mean? Well, even if you remember, like, back in World War II, when the Germans invaded Poland, the yeah. Pol- Polish had cavalry fighting tanks. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's just, it's kind of weird to think about that. Mm-hmm. To, I mean, it sounds silly, but it's like, if the if the Romans were still around for as long as the samurai were... And they got to a point where they got to match a musket. Yeah, that blows my mind. The idea of of that time changing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know your thoughts. I don't know. <laughs> I uh, mean, you kind of gave them a little bit already. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think one one aspect of this movie where you really see that struggle is in the character of the emperor. Yeah, yeah. Where you have this uh, very young, very young emperor. Do you think he's heavily influenced at all? Oh, extremely. Yeah. Yeah, by the uh the the council who's kind of shifting for more of a modern Japan. Yeah. Whereas he has obviously a loyalty for Katsumoto, who was his old um teacher. Teacher. Yeah. And he has utmost respect of him. But in the same sense, Katsumoto can't really give his true opinion yeah. because the emperor is seen as a god. Yeah. So it's kind of like there That is a great scene, by the way. Oh, it's fantastic. Because, like, the emperor was a god, essentially. Mm. Like, uh, mm. I can't remember the guy, who, the guy who played the rat in uh, Harry Potter. Oh. Prisoner um, of Azkaban. <laughs> Timothy Spall. Ah. Uh, he plays the character of Simon Graham. 
Simon Graham, the character of Simon Graham, Timothy Spall, he says, well, they're kind of first going to go meet the Emperor. You know, up until recently, the Emperor had never actually been seen by the the people. Yeah. And he was considered a god because nobody knew what he looked like, things mm. like that. Can you imagine having... Knowing that there's the president of the United States, but not knowing what he looked like, but hearing that well, he it always looks like had Tom Cruise, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> that was the best part in the movie. We'll get yeah. to it in a minute. But yeah, get to the idea that like if you knew who Tom, like Tom Cruise, yeah. if you knew who the pre- like the president of the United States was your leader. It's, he's like, he's more of an idea than an actual thing. Exactly. Yeah, which is exactly. kind of crazy. To they kind of cover that actually um, with the, in a religious context in the film Silence. Yeah. Yeah. Right. The, the, with like, with, uh, Christianity mm-hmm. coming to Japan. Yeah. It's another great film. You should go out and watch that. Yep. Yeah, I know. Kind of talking about how, you know, the emperor is basically a god. Mm-hmm. And I and I kind of struggle with the idea that the emperor couldn't make up his own mind in, in being able to say, you know, I am a god. Like, people yeah. see me as a god, so why would they judge my point of view? And if they were, like, they're still in a, an element of feudal slash imperial Japan. It's like there's no problem with having your people hate you because they're just going to have to deal with it. Right. Like mm-hmm. they're still dealing with the, the change. And this is kind of sounding a little bit like a dictatorship. And then, and that's what it is in a sense. Oh, sure. But at the same time, their emperor is their God. That's who they worship. So I don't know. I, I, I think I struggled with that whole aspect. I was yelling at the screen a couple of times being like, emperor, just, just, just deal with both. You can have both. You know what yeah. I mean? You can have elements of, the old with the new yeah you can do that that is possible you don't just have to white you don't have to pick one or the other Mm -hmm. you know and we do that today like we with i mean with my native american ancestry i know that like i still practice like um my my relationship with nature and Mm -hmm. and i go out and i and i you know i respect you know the elements that are around us and things like that but at the same time, I recognize that, you know, a car is going to go by, like, <laughs> like at some point when I'm hiking a mountain. Sure. So, uh, you know what I mean? Like, it's, you can have both, you can have two of one, you can have, you know, both the best worlds, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but, the, but the idea, I think the idea of having to pick one or the other is kind of frustrating when you're watching this movie is, is trying to think, it's like, it's not all black and white. You can have a bit yeah. of gray. Which is, obviously, they have to do that for narrative purposes oh yeah to yeah. really you know punch home the, the, the ending of the movie but and the ending <laughs> yeah exactly but yeah. as nick said it wasn't so black and white in reality yeah there was there was a bit of uh give and take on both sides yeah like uh there's a character that katsumoto's character is kind of based on mm-hmm. um in real life yeah well know? he he used firearms and he wasn't afraid to wear kind of the imperial uh like officers Uniform yeah. every now and then and stuff like that, so yeah. he wasn't fully opposed. Like to the, it. I would assume that when we were mentioning this one person, there were many other people. That oh, were for sure. Yeah. yeah, like there were people that were conflicted with both elements yeah. of having there, these changing. And there times. were samurai who fought for the Imperials and exactly. You know, yeah, like yeah. like I was yelling at the TV. I think the most <laughs> when the end of the film where they're fighting swords versus guns. Yeah. I'm like, come on. Yeah, there's no way. Like, why? There's no honor in that. I think running up. I mean, I get okay. Well, here let's get into this. Actually, this is no. this is part. This is my notes here. Is discussing the topic of of honor. Yeah. Uh, versus arrogance. Mm, okay. Like, what is like is is it arrogance or is it honor when you're running at a gun? Are you being arrogant to not consider your own life and its meaning? 
in relation to the changing of the times and understanding that, yeah, the times are changing. I have to, you know, submit to the changing times mm. and have to be okay. Because, again, we're dealing with that today. Yeah. We, but submission is dishonorable to... Yeah, that Jeremiah. that's yeah, that's true. And mm-hmm. I think but I think that I I think this is the part that I struggle with because I'm not from in that part of the world. Yeah. That 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 aspect of culture. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it it's not really like that anymore. No, <laughs> but no, it was during World War II. Yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Um that aspects of honor is better than surrender. Death before dishonor. Yeah, death before dishonor. Yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I I think I think for me living in this world Knowing that, you know, despite how depressed and upset and meaningless I might feel that my life might be at times, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying I'm, I'm going through anything, or, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just saying that, like, you know, despite how, how rough things can get at sometimes, I think for me as an individual, I won't ever actively try and choose, you know, to walk into a, a thing of yeah. gun. So I think that was my struggle with the film. Sure. I is mean, to kind of walk into that. Yeah. I think you'll gunfire. S- still get stuff like that today. Like, even oh, just, yeah, for even, sure. just thinking about it right now, even like just referencing to like Breaking Bad. Yeah. When Walter decides not to go through the chemo treatment to live like life on his own terms yeah. for even that little bit of time, but he likes, he wants to be control of whatever little time he has left. Whereas like that can be kind of a similar situation. Right. Yeah, I just want to say I was purely talking from an individualistic. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, like yeah. me as a person, I couldn't. I think the reason why I was reacting so much and not agreeing with, you know, the ways of the samurai mm-hmm. because you know we don't live that way anymore. But yeah. the idea of like if I were to be faced with that situation now, I'd be like, or back then, I I probably still would think that I'm like, no, screw that, dude. I'm not running to a bunch of guns. Well, sure. Like strategically, it's garbage. Yeah, <laughs> it's like yeah. Nick yeah. said that too. He's yeah. just like, you got to be an idiot. Yeah. Oh, for sure. <laughs> I struggle with the idea of, you know, that whole aspect of the film. It's like, why would you, why wouldn't you try to find a common ground? Mm-hmm. Like, you can still have your honor. I, I, I think this is the hard part for me. Like, this is, I'm really struggling with this because I'm like, at the same time, I could totally see Katsumoto being like, nah, screw that shit. Like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to give up my sword because he does do that in the film. Yeah. He, he doesn't, you know, take off his swords That's when right. he walks in the room. And I, and I would be like, me being me, I would be like, no, okay, fine, I'll take them off because the times are changing and sure. I don't want people to hate me. But at the yeah. same time, it's like when you live in a world where your whole life is dedicated to obedience to a mm-hmm. certain way of living yeah. and you're being told, you know, sorry, you can't do that anymore. Yeah, It's so hard for me to kind of put my mind in that mindset, but it's a good way to think about it though, because, mm-hmm. and then again, like if we parallel it to today, it's like if someone were to come to me and be like, yeah, sorry, we're not using cell phones anymore. You got to put this chip in your head. Yeah. It's like, like, no, you're just like, no, I, I don't know. know I, can, know. I don't want if, it. What if somebody hacks, hacks that chip? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's well, what just, if I put my head in a microwave and then it just doesn't work anymore? I mean, either. I wouldn't do that just in general. Oh, I would, really? I would think more about bathtubs. I'd be like, oh. I'd be kind of afraid of, of going into a bathtub and maybe putting my head underwater or going to a swimming pool and then maybe it short circuits and I uh, get a brain explosion or brain blast like Jimmy Neutron. <laughs> maybe I get really smart that way. <laughs> Let's try it. Yeah. Oh man. But yeah, I don't know. I think if we're going to parallel again back to today, you're just kind of like, well, I think that's just my struggle with this film is like, mm-hmm. I, I just get so frustrated because, and I think that's a good thing though. That's a good thing about this film is you feel so connected to the character. Oh sure. Yeah. Cause they're great characters. Yeah. Very much so. Ken Watanabe I, is... I don't think there's any character I dislike. Well, like, I hate 
you hate the characters that you hate, but you're meant to hate them. But that's what makes them so good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But characters, but the act actors like Ken Watanabe and Tom Cruise. Oh yeah, yeah, they're amazing. I, I gotta say, Tom Cruise is a he's an out there guy, but boy, <laughs> can he act in a film. He is. Yeah, he's a good. He's boy. a good crier too. Oh yeah, he's a good cry. Like he's a good. He's good, he's able to cry without really kind of like changing his face. Yeah. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. Whereas like there's a part where he's crying, but his eyes like, and you just see like his face like about to burst. Yeah. But he's not like overacting or anything. Yeah. And then you just get that single tear and you're like, oh man, yeah. kills kills it. It's all that Scientology. Scientology. Juice. <laughs> <laughs> Time to restock Tom Cruise. He's losing his juice. I kind of want to talk about Tom Cruise's narration a bit. All right. Nick said a really good point in his discussion of the film. Nick isn't here again, <laughs> but just in case you didn't notice. Yeah. Uh, but Nick says something really cool where it was like Tom Cruise's narration um, adds the adds a really cool element to the film where it helps you kind of understand the conflict, the conflict of the the conflict, the conflict of the feudal and imperial world of japan and we kind of touched about this a little bit already but mm. i think it's quite interesting yeah it's interesting i think i totally forgot that he narrated this film yeah and it's i guess kind of thinking about it it's almost like he's narrating it to himself yeah where he's he's not so much talking obviously because he's writing in a diary so it kind of works for how, how it's happening yeah but yeah he's kind of he's like talking through how he's seeing things and kind of realizing things about himself and how he feels about these people yeah, which is kind of an interesting uh, way to do it, I guess. Yeah. Compared yeah. compared to being like, oh, uh, you know, Nathan is walking down the street now, as like a normal narrator yeah. might be kind of like describing the situation to the audience, where he's just kind of like um, just saying his thoughts, really. Well, it's really cool because we don't really if like remove the element of narration for this film, mm-hmm. remove it from your mind, Corey. Okay, done. Okay. You just blanked a little bit. I'm assuming you got rid of it. Yeah, okay, but if what? you remove it, though, remove what? I think, I think it, this film is just as good. Yeah, like yeah. I think, but it requires more of requ- requires more of the audience. Sure. To read the subtext, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, you'd have to change up um, a little bit of the cinematography because obviously, subtext is you know if you're getting people to have to read subtext a little bit more and kind of uh, mm. and place your your own perspectives on the character and your own relations with the character, you got to read their faces a little bit more, um, which is pretty easy when you look at Tom Cruise. You you can understand that he's a tortured soul, mm-hmm. but if you if you remove that element, I think this film is just as good, if yeah. not better. Like okay. if you didn't narrate the film, mm-hmm. like and we were just like for instance, if we take the scene where you know he says something like uh, "I've yet again been hired to, you know, take down another rebelling uh, tribe or mm-hmm. whatever," you kind of get that visual cue from what he's holding. There. You get that visual, yeah, 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 and you you get that confliction. Yeah. This guy looks in the mirror so many times in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. See, so and he drinks a lot. Like that's that's some more to subtext. But if I think I think that that is. I think when you think about that, when mm. you remove the narration for this film, it's just as good. Yeah. Because it requires more of the the audience to give more of a participation. Mm-hmm. Because I'd totally forgotten that he had narrated this film. Yeah. Like, right. and I didn't even think about, usually we talk a lot about narration in this film, but I had totally forgotten to even write it in my notes. Which maybe recently. just goes to show you that it's not necessarily needed. The, exactly. The fact that you don't remember it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is just adding 
more to the film. But again, if you think about it, that's who the character is. He is someone who tries to figure out his feelings by writing them down. Yeah. Right? That's the only thing he has. Yeah, pretty much. Because he's got nothing else in his life other than his journal. Mm -hmm. Like, there's no one he's really loved. actually, just thinking about that, do you think because he's given all this stuff to um, Dr. Graham at the end, do you think that's kind of like, in of itself, like the storytelling vehicle? What do you mean by that? Like, do you think that's... Like, you know how Graham is, he's planning to write a book about all this, right? Do you think that, Timothy Spall. Timothy Spall, yeah. Yeah, His character's writing a book. So do you think, like, this actual story is from... No, I don't, I don't think so. No. I mean, I don't think that's... I mean, maybe, actually, yeah. Hold on a second, because at the beginning of the film, we have a different narrator. Mm Mm-hmm. Right? And it's... And he's just getting, like, little bits of information and putting, a, like, a, a book together kind of thing, right? Yeah. I think, yeah, I think maybe it's a book. Mm-hmm. And I think we're getting... I think that if this film were to have taken place... Because at the end of the film, we get Timothy Small saying, like, he may have died from his wounds or gone That's back right. to America and died from his wounds or yeah. he may have, you know, <laughs> gone off and yeah. lived and found a happy place. And it's not an unreliable narrator because no. he was there for some of those events as well. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's an interesting thought, Corey. Good point. Yeah, thank yeah you. I like that. That's that's cool to think about because I never considered that Timothy Small's character is kind of the 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 he is the the script. Mm-hmm. He's the writer yeah. of the film, technically. Yeah. Um, but he lets their narration, the voice narration, play out in the voice of Tom Cruise mm-hmm. while we're watching the events happen. That's right. It's really cool. It kind of like when you think about it that way, it kind of takes you out of the film a little bit. But it's in a good way, less 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 fourth wall breaking. But it's like saying, you know. But it's also telling you that this is this is a time that has happened. Yeah. And if we relate that back to the film, uh, and and the discussion that is trying to bring of like time changing, mm-hmm. the film in itself is also a time capsule that has been recorded. That's right. And it's a time that has changed now. Uh, and we get to the end of the film, and he and Timothy Small's character says, you know, um he may have done this or he may have done that, or he may have gone off here. It goes to show that all the things that we had just seen has happened already. Mm-hmm. It's a story been told. Yeah. Um, and it's over now. And I'm telling you this story. Yeah. That was a good one. That was a good banger before we came to, <laughs> that, was, that was a good point to bring up. Wow. Kind of blew my mind a little bit. Cause when you think about it, it's just like the story, the, the, the film in itself is a, is a book. Yeah. Um, and you're being told, but the thing is, it's a, it's a moving picture book. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> the Last Samurai, the moving picture book. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, it's a good point. Mm. All right, two kind of points before we kind of uh, bring the episode to a close. Mm. Um, I think the weirdest thing for the, me in this film, the thing I I wasn't a huge fan of, was the fact that Tom Cruise killed the brother-in-law of Katsumoto. Mm-hmm. And his sister, like his sister's, uh, Katsumoto's sister's husband. Yeah. And Tom Cruise ended up living in the house yeah. of that guy, which is kind of interesting because it shows it shows an element of forgiveness and understanding that you respect your enemy despite how much you hate them. Yeah. And I really liked that, mm-hmm. that element because when you look at the world, especially the Western world, it, it's like, yeah, you know you know befriend neighbors and you know you have friends like that but 
when when somebody really hates somebody, I think in the Western world they really hate somebody. Yeah, there's um, there's no giving in. Exactly. Yeah. Whereas like I found that the interesting nature of like like the samurai culture of what mm. we were seeing there was like they were honoring their their enemy just as much. I mean, I don't know. I can't really speak for Western culture a whole lot in that element, but yeah. like if, if we're looking at it because that's our kind of like context. You know, I I didn't live in Japan or whatever. I don't know the history <laughs> com- completely of Japan in yeah. its entirety. But if that element of was kind of real, where we're you know respecting thy enemy despite you know how much you hate them, um, I I, I think I was just I, that that's really cool. But I think the thing that I didn't like was the fact that they kind of added this weird like love element with yeah. the brother-in-law's wife. And it was a little creepy at times. Yeah, it was really creepy. Yeah. Yeah, because it was just like, it was almost like he was replacing the di- the father figure. Yeah, like it was just, yeah. I wasn't I wasn't a big fan mm-hmm. about that. Um, yeah, I wonder how the wife felt about like letting him wear the armor at the end. Too. Yeah, well, she said he could wear it. Oh, okay. She go. said he could wear it, but that again, like, I want to know like what was the intentions of the writing there. I was like, because not every film needs a love story. No, and there really wasn't in this. There wasn't. No, and I like that. Yeah. But there was hints of it, though. Yeah. And it was creepy. And it was almost like, just don't do it at all. Like, the yeah. element of them not deciding whether or not they wanted to do it or or to do it, Yeah, they met it right in the middle, and it was worse. <laughs> and it was like, <laughs> is he going to have, you know, relations with this yeah. girl, or isn't he? Yeah. But the whole, like, isn't or isn't he was just real creepy. Mm-hmm. Um. And you know what? They decided against it. They decided against yeah, it. But it like, was still, the whole film was very, oh, this is kind of creepy. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Um, but the thing I really liked mm-hmm. watching this film again was the fight scenes, man. Oh, my God. The yeah. battle scenes were extravagant. Yeah. I always remember the ending of this film just being really quick. They all run into the, they all oh, run no. into the chain gun. No, but there's no, a no. whole fight scene. Yeah. Well, there's, there's the beginning one, which is kind of not really anything spectacular but then there's two or three other fight scenes in this movie that are really well done mm-hmm. like there's the there's the very small one in the streets of japan yeah where tom cruise just fights five guys that was so cool and destroys them yeah uh then there's the scene where they have to rescue uh katsumoto yeah which is really great and there's a the scene in the forest the forest fight scene in the beginning. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah there's that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's the ninja. Oh, the ninja scene, too. The That's... ninja scene. I, how can I Who forget? was that, by the way? Do we know who the ninjas were? So I believe it was uh, Nathan was asking Katsumoto if it was the emperor. Mm-hmm. And from what I got from that, it wasn't the emperor. It was the council of guys who yeah. were trying to influence the emperor. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, that scene was it was really funny. I remember going back to sixth grade again. I remember watching that scene in class, mm. and they were showing kind of like the ways of the samurai and stuff. And I knew the teacher was not gonna because we're she wasn't allowed to show that film in yeah. class because rated R. Yeah, um, unless we had like a permission slip or whatever the hell. That's right. And I remember her showing that in class, and I remember oh she's gonna miss the gory scene because because that scene happened so fast, somebody gets stabbed in the neck. Yeah, and just blood squirts out, and I was like. Yeah. I remember sitting in class, I'm like, she's not going to be able to press pause before that thing happens. <laughs> I did, and it was so great. It was so great. And it happened. She was just like, 
oops, sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> it was really awkward That's for about great. like 10 minutes. And I was like, ha Because yeah. I'd seen that movie like 100 times by that point. Remember? Because I made a song about it. Yes, that's right. You wanna, I want to uh, see the last samurai. Uh, I want to see the last samurai. Uh, I want to see the last samurai. What? I want to see it. What? The last samurai. Which one? <laughs> but I think that's about it for our discussion on the film The Last Samurai. Mm-hmm. How do you think we did, Corey? I think we did uh, pretty darn good for just the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. And with a little help from Nick. Thank you, Nick. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nick Hodges. Even though you're not here, you're here in spirit. Yes. There's an empty chair that Corey just looked at. Yeah, that, well, that's where my beer is. So, you know, I've been paying close attention to it. <laughs> and there's a pair of pants hanging off the side of it. There. <laughs> oh, oh, pants and a beer. That's Nick Hodges. <laughs> pants and a beer, Nick Hodges. <laughs> but no, man, we yeah. love you very much, yes. Nick. And uh, if you, you know, if you're a listener out there and you're really looking um, to know more about this film and its historical context, Please go over to History Buffs uh, on YouTube and check out his stuff. He has not only just got The Last Samurai, but this guy looks at hundreds of other films. Mm-hmm. Um, not hundreds. I don't, he's well, made 100 videos. but no. Quite he, a few. He, he looks at a lot of great films, a lot of blockbusters over time that yeah. have uh, been really good. And there are some films that I've never seen before that I actually end up watching his um, reviews mm-hmm. and discussions about. Like, um, like Zulu? Or Waterloo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there's uh, the Battle of Waterloo with... Uh, with Napoleon and stuff. Oh, cool. Because they used all real extras for that whole film, which was insane. So it was wow. like, yeah. Have you ever seen his no. review on that? Oh, man. Check it out. It's great. It's okay. great. Um, but yeah, check out his stuff. But yeah, I I think we did pretty good without having yeah. it just the two of us. Last time we did Burn After Reading. And, and it was kind of a... It was rough. Yeah. It was really rough because I think we hadn't done a one-on-one. Like, this is the third time we've just done You and I. Mm-hmm. And it was the first episode, then it was episode 11, and this is episode 43 now, right? So, <laughs> so we've had a bit of practice. We should be okay at this point. Yeah, yeah. I think we're doing all right. Yeah. But uh, with that, we're going to roll over to our arbitrary reviews of the film. So, Corey, what is your arbitrary review of this film? I would give this film a jolly good. Oh, okay. Jolly good. Oh, a jolly good, yeah. like from the film. Yeah, jolly good. <laughs> there were some times where that uh, that character said that where he really didn't need to, need to say that. Well, I mean, you know, it was like... Like the part where he's funny. Yeah, know? yeah. Hey, Brendan. Hey, Corey. I just gave my arbitrary review. Yeah, what's that? What's yours? Uh, my arbitrary review of this film because it is arbitrary mm. and it, mm. and uh, and this is a discussion show. And mm. We're we're not a review show, mm. so purely arbitrary. Mm. Uh, my thoughts on the film was uh, I'd give it one one Tom Cruise with long hair flicking in the wind. Whoa. There's, his hair is too long for this film. It's my only complaint, I think. It's fu- it's very funny because at one point you're like, I wish I had Tom Cruise hair. And then like five minutes later, you're like, yeah, it's too much hair. It, it's too much <laughs> hair in the film because it becomes a problem. There's times where, I mean, it adds a level of but so do, dramatics. So, yeah. But at the same time, you're just kind of like, I can't imagine, like, they probably, I can't, they probably filmed this right around the time they filmed Mission Impossible 2. Probably. Yeah, he had long hair for that, right? Yeah, yeah, right? And Vanilla Sky. Yeah, that's right. So this is like his long hair phase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He kind of... He's got like short long hair now. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of weird. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, I'd give it one long hair Tom Cruise. Nice. Um, flowing in the wind. Yeah, flowing in the wind and getting in his face when it shouldn't be. Nice. Do you remember how he turns his head dramatically in the slow motion shot? Oh, yeah, that was a great shot. Yeah, and he's always like looks like he's smiling, but he's... But he's pissed off, like smiling. He's like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's, all, uh, it's an overload of that Scientology juice. <laughs> we love you, Tom Cruise. Yes. 
but with that brings us to the end of another episode of The Real Rant. Corey, is there one last word that you would like to say before we close out the show? Samurai. And scene.